0: Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
1: Hi, I'm Alex L and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hi, Felicia. How are you today? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm really thrilled to be able to speak with you about your amazing film. But before we get started, please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and for this wonderful platform. I really appreciate it. My name is Felicia Pride and I am a TV and film writer who just recently added director to my play, <laughs> film, which I'm really, really excited about. Oh, my goodness. Awesome. So let's talk about
1: your film. And my goodness, it's called Tender. But it literally is a visual exploration of tenderness. And it was so moving to watch. And I want you to just give us some backstory on how tender came to be
2: why it came to be. Yes, yeah, so I'll just let you just take it from there. Well, thank you so much for those kind words. Tender came to be, well, you know, I'm primarily a writer. And I uh, realized early on, though, that film is very much a director's medium. Mm -hmm. And that I had stories that I wanted to tell that I really, as a writer, wanted to be a part of the vision from start to finish. Like I had a very specific vision for some stories. So in order to do that, I knew that I had to see if directing was something that was for me, something that I could actually do. Um, So like I took a bunch of classes and all that good stuff. And once I felt ready to direct something, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do too much going out the gate. I want to tell a story that's fairly contained, you know, two actors, one location, one day. And I had a pilot that I wrote called Livelihood that is about five Black women living in a gated community in Prince George's County, Maryland. And there was a character, Kiana, who is... of tender essentially so I thought about these two characters Kiana and Lulu um Kiana's the older character Lulu's the younger character and I felt like telling a slice of life story for these two characters would really one of course be producible but two touch on all the themes that I really want to touch on in my work and that this film could really be a calling card for the type of work that I want to do and those themes include everything from sexuality and desire and desire from a very broad definition of the word Mm. to you know centering black women centering our hopes our dreams our pain our struggles our queerness but also centering our bonds and Mm. so that I felt like these two characters I could explore a lot in a little bit of time and space and resources and capacity so that's how it came about.
1: Mm, It's really stunning and moving. And Tender was a part of the Seattle Queer Film Festival and a bunch of other film festivals. And I just want to know, like, how was it received by the audience? I think what really struck me when I was watching was the bond between these two Black women and their queerness and also the lightheartedness that one of them carried and the other one was a little bit rigid, but she started to open up a little bit. And it was beautiful to see the depiction that Black women are not monolithic Mm -hmm. and that we are ever changing, ever flowing, and also very different from one another. And that is captured so beautifully in Tender. So can you walk us through how that was received at these film festivals and also what the audience outside of the film festivals have been saying as they receive this film?
2: Yeah, well, thank you so much. And just to kind of pick up what you were talking about in terms of us not being a monolith, I was really interested in capturing us not being a monolith, but still having common ground. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like when two Black women are gathered, magic happens. So... I wanted to try to capture that sort of that balance. So thank you for saying that. Um, You know, we have been really blessed because we premiered at Outfest Fusion on March 13th or 14th. So right. Or maybe it was the weekend beforehand, right before the world shut down, essentially. So we were so grateful to be able to have like an in-person premiere. And You know, who we didn't know how long the pandemic was going to last at that point, but I remember being on my yoga mat at one point. I think it was like April. And I was like, you know what? We should release this to the world. Like, people are home this is a great time hopefully for people to watch our film and hopefully we can still do a film festival run but we need to release it to the world and so we did that i want to say maybe may 1st and we were premiere shadow and act premiered us online and the response has been so tremendous both by film festival audiences and by just you know, audiences that see it on Vimeo or where, mm-hmm. whatever the case. And it's actually been very, I didn't really have expectations for how it would be received, <laughs> to be honest. I'm still continuously overwhelmed in a beautiful way. Also it to be able to showcase the craft of everybody who worked on this film mm-hmm. from the two main actors, Pharrell Walker and Trishana Clark to, you know, our fantastic DP, Ludovica Isadori, to our producers. I mean, so that. That has just been wonderful that people have been able to see their craft. And I think what, you know, some of the common responses have been kind of very much similar to yours of being able to see Black women in a tender space, right? Centered. And yeah, that's kind of been some of the, at least the feedback that has been so warming because that was our intent.
0: This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
1: I love how you said centered from their own gaze because at the end of the film, I don't want to give too much of the film away, but at the end of the film, there was a shot of everyone on set in their roles. And I was like, look at Black women being captured by Black women and how powerful that made me feel. Like that is what I want my daughters to see more of. That is what me and my husband, who is a screenwriter, want to see more of. And it's just like, this is what we need. And it just made me feel good inside to know that there are artists out there who are centering us and who do see us and who look like us doing it.
2: Absolutely. You know, we had a very that, you know, the capturing this story and you know, bringing in the collaborators to help do that was a very, very intentional process for that reason. And I just feel so grateful to have worked with so many wonderful people (laughs) to bring this film to life. Like, I think I'm still, it's been, let's see, we shot it last August. Oh, wow. So, and we crowdfunded for the film. So to have so much support across the board, I still think that I'm processing it all because Mm -hmm. I had no idea. And that's what's important to me, though. I used to work in film distribution. And one of the things that's very, important to me is getting the work to the people it was intended for. And Mm -hmm. so when you're able to do that, and then the people feel good about it, uh, that is, you know, that's why I do what I do.
1: So to switch gears a little bit, you were a writer on Queen Sugar and then you stepped into, you know, directing. And I wanted to ask just how the flow of your work has shifted and changed and if you've regained any new insights or even confidence in your work by being on both sides
2: of, you know, the table at this point. Absolutely. That's such a great question. I definitely think the confidence piece is the big piece. You know, Mm. it's interesting because I used to tell myself and, you know, we have many narratives that we tell ourselves that either aren't true or don't serve us. But I used to tell myself that I couldn't direct. I'm not a director. I don't see like a director. All these things. I don't even know where I got that from because (laughs) You know what I mean? I had never tested it, but I had made up in my mind that I was not a director. I did not see like a director. I could not direct until I started peeling back the fear that was embedded in that. For me, there's a big connection between my craft and my self-work. So the deeper I go with my self-work, the deeper I go with my craft, which also means being able to strip away limitations and boundaries that I've put on myself. So I started to do a lot of self-work around a kind of rough time in my early on in my career out here in LA which really started to illuminate a lot of the own limitations that I was putting myself, the boundaries, and also that sort of lack of confidence in my work. But I think for me, it was a combination of putting in more work, both in terms of just like creating, but also in craft. So staying in classes, being in my writer's groups, all of that helped to gain that confidence, but also just continuing to create. And you see that you get better over the course of time. And also remaining for me, the perpetual student. I'm always a student. I'm always learning. I'm always wanting to get better. When you couple that for me, when I couple the perpetual student with the like, oh, You know, I have something to say and I have a vision and I have taste and I have, you know, a lot of practice behind me. Um, That has helped me to really forge forward in my career and also do so within like standing in my power.
1: Mm. So something came up for me while you were talking and I do want to link the tenderness of self-belief with forging forward and how you've learned or how you are learning how to do that as a student of life, because that's what I heard you kind of speaking to. So what has being a student of life shown you about accessing your tenderness and also, you know, not always having to know what you're doing to start something new?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that is being comfortable with vulnerability. And I had to learn that, you know, I, and I think that it's really important for artists. I think our best work comes from our vulnerable places, right? I think that I definitely saw a shift in my ability to go deeper in my work when I was able to become more vulnerable in my life. And also certain spaces in my career force that, like being in a writer's room, it serves you to be able to be vulnerable, to be able to share, to be able to share aspects of yourself, aspects of your life that become part of this thing that you're co-creating with others. Um, So that was a space that kind of helped me with that. I took a lot of classes that were, you know, essentially supposed to be for craft, but it was really self-work classes. It was really about Mm. being able to get to a vulnerable space and to stay in that because that's sort of the underlying aspect of craft, the ability to stay. So Mm. a lot of that opened up for me. And also kind of early on when I was talking about that rough patch, my father died around that time. And that also forced me to go within and reconcile feelings and emotions and face feelings and emotions and all of that good stuff. So.
1: I'm sorry to hear about your loss there and everything you just said was so beautiful. And I'm just sitting over here like snapping my fingers in my head Um, (laughs) because I can resonate so deeply. And I want to talk a little bit about um, self-care through storytelling Mm -hmm. and how that shows up in your work and how the importance of self-care through storytelling for our community Mm -hmm. and for the cultivation of sisterhood in Black spaces, yeah. One thing
2: that really was reinforced for me in the Queen Sugar Room was, you know, that we are storytellers and we're image makers. Mm. So things that may be good for the story may not be good for the image. Things that may be good for the image may not be good for the story. And so you're continually negotiating and balancing those two. And I think a lot about that in my own work because I feel like I, as as storytellers, we have a huge responsibility and accountability to the people that we are telling stories about. And so I think a lot about that in my work. But on the flip side, I also write what I want to see in my own life. (laughs) So like, tender is very much (laughs) what I want to see. I would love to have a tender morning after a one night stand. You know what I mean? Like, I've never had that before. So like, I think that's part of the self-care too, is like imagination, allowing my imagination to become real. I guess, in a way, mm. and putting it on screen to help me connect with the fact that, yes, it can happen in my life. That's a lot of feet to go <laughs> to like, try to manifest something in your life. But I realized that through tender, I was like, oh, this is actually things that I want to see in my life things I have seen in my life, things I want to see more of in my life. And I realized that a lot of my work is exactly that. Like I'm working on right now a independent feature that I want to direct called Alameda, which is inspired by my mother, my sister, my niece. And it is very much what I want to see in our lives. You know, that's the underlying aspect of the story. So maybe that's part of the self-care through storytelling where, you know, we are writing our presence, we're writing our futures, and we're imagining that. Because I think that, you know, imagination is a radical act. So before we wrap up, I'd love for you to like, take a deep breath
1: and look back at your younger self. And if you were mentoring her, what would you teach her?
2: Do not internalize other people's fears that they're projecting on you. Mm. Um, Keep going. Be honest with yourself. Because I think for a long time, I ran away from writing because I was scared of it. I was scared of trying to make it into a career. But if I were just honest with myself, I would have identified that fear and pushed through regardless. Mm. So I would definitely tell her that. I would tell her to be focused, a little bit more focused. It doesn't have to be limiting. I think my younger self really thought that focus Focusing on one thing was limiting myself. But in aspect, it was a it was for me a way to expand and uh have fun, live life. I mean, she did a lot of that. But th- yeah, I just think that trust and faith piece is probably the most important.
1: Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai.